Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my main man and my brother from another mother and co-host, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you, brother? I feel good, Foltz. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back in the studio. Um, the last uh, podcast that we put out was the, the first one in a while, and uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about this time of year, too, because uh, you, we're, you know, we're coming up on Halloween, and uh, you know my kids are a little too old for trick-or-treating now, but... So now be the time where I get to uh, sit back and hand out the candy. Which is cool, man. You get to see everybody's costumes. Yeah, I like it. I, 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 I enjoy it. Um, I used to do it sometimes with my parents. And, uh, you know, we give out the full size here. Get so, out of here. Are, are you we serious? We go, yeah, my wife has said she doesn't believe in the, uh, the uh, <laughs> what do you call it, the miniatures. Yeah, the or, mini bar. Uh, she says it's just a bite. And I'm just like, yeah, but kids get a lot of candy. She was like, we do full size. All right, so, I'm coming here this year. Yeah, so if uh, if you know where we are, you can come here and trick or treat while the while the uh, full size lasts. But um, you know, funny enough, as we're uh, you know uh, talking about Halloween, Halloween time was one of the main uh, contributors to our very first podcast, which was the Mandela Effect. Yes, that's right, the Mandela Effect, back, way back. Yeah, because uh, I always had this thing when we came home with my kids i would always dump all their candy out and you know when i came across their kit kat i was like well this looks different started looking into it more and then that's came came upon the mandela effect which was uh you know our first episode so um it was our first episode it was also the first time i had ever taken jackson out trick-or-treating which uh looking back at it you know the through the progression of of his uh first five years you know it's been crazy because you're carrying them really the first year you do it. oh yeah you do i mean you maybe get a couple houses but that's about it and then by the time you know they get to the point where they're running they're running oh yeah totally and and it's just a good time and so i mean so so looking back on that and talking about the mandela effect um if you haven't heard it go back and check it out we'll warn you you know we're a new podcast back then so some of the uh earlier shows are yeah a little iffy here and there but um uh i would suggest if you were a new listener to subtle beast that you go back to the beginning and listen to all the shows yeah i mean we just had a a listener do that recently <clears throat> they were uh writing back and forth to us and you know, <clears throat> generally we just put like questions on the podcast and we would respond with uh you know keep going keep listening and they had said that <clears throat> pardon me something in my throat today that um a lot of times that listening through that they would hear us reference past podcast so then this listener decided to just go back and start at the beginning and cranked out like 119 episodes 120 yeah. episodes something like that within a, a short period of time so it was awesome to uh, converse and, and talk to the podcast with a uh, with a listener. But they came back and said you were right. Your advice was right. Of just keep listening, keep going down further down the rabbit hole. We reference a lot of um, our, our other shows during shows, so to have a complete uh, collection and, and knowledge of all things subtle beast is a cool thing because there's references from past and 
uh, present shows that are occurring throughout. Right, totally. So <clears throat> highly encourage, if you haven't gone back and listened to some of our older shows, that, to totally do that. Well, <clears throat> and while we're talking about older shows, we did a show, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago, basically called The Moon. Right. Where, you know, we won't go too much into detail because obviously you can go back and listen to it. But we were talking about uh, whether it was a, a man-made object or if it was made from extraterrestrial and, and, and brought into our orbit because there were, uh, you know, ancient people that talked of a time before the moon and lots of other things. But we're going to be doing another show tonight about the moon, but it has nothing to do with anything of it being an artificial satellite or uh, anything a base of that on nature. the dark side. Right. It's basically just going to be because it is our moon and it is there and it, it does affect our earth in many ways, our tides and things like that and certain animal behaviors. What effect does it have on us? So we're going to we're going to get into that and work out and uh and see does the moon really have an effect on our behavior. Now, I've said in the past when talking about this topic many times, um our bodies are made up of 90% water. And if the moon affects the tides in the ocean, which obviously is water, I would think that it would definitely have an effect on us or our behavior. I think that there are a vast amount of uh, people out there, and there are different levels of sensitivity that people have. I think some people are more sensitive to certain things, and I think that we're all sensitive to certain things. So I think that there is uh, a level of humanity that is not really affected by the moon. They're just consistent straight through. But then I think that there are sensitive people who are greatly affected by lunar phase um, at the same time. So I think there's you know multiple levels of what's going on here. Oh, and it could be that people are affected by it, but they're labeling it as something different, maybe as like um, hay fever. Yeah, misdiagnosis. Misdiagnosis of some sort, and uh, but it's really just the effects of uh, the moon and its gravitational pull. So <clears throat> what we're going to do is we're going to cover um, basically the effects of, of, the, of the moon on your, on your mood. And this information was compiled by a bunch of different astrologers. So just going to jump in real quick. <clears throat> so have you ever blamed the full moon? for an explosive mood, a crazy night out, or even a night of particularly vivid dreams. If so, you're not alone. People throughout history have made connections about how the moon affects our moods and behaviors. The moon, in its cycle-changing face, has always been notable presence in the night sky. So it makes sense that people would use lunar cycle as a reflection point to observe human behavior. But the moon can affect your mood in any significant way, or is it all in our heads? According to some research and spiritual experts, it's possible. Now, whether or not you believe in astrology, it's an, astro it's an astronomical fact that the moon has tangible effect on plenty of significant things here on Earth. For example, the moons control the tides of the ocean. It affects the life cycle and behavior of many different animals and even influences the stability of Earth's rotation around the sun. Now, if the gravitational pull of the moon is powerful enough to affect the ocean, and the Earth's axis, it doesn't feel too far-fetched too far -fetched to pose it that it could have an influence on us humans, too. Now, the moon is also an important player in astrology, as it's considered the planet of emotions, moods, and memories. When the moon is full, it can bring all of our emotions to the surface and amplify them, 
whereas new moons are more calm and reflective periods. Human beings have a deep and ancient connection to the moon. Think of it like changing tides. Intuitive energy healer and behavioral health coach Christian Rice of Raw and Ritual. <coughs> the She's one of the astrologers. Don't blame the moon for all your feels. Thank it for bringing everything up to the surface, as it's only when our feelings rise up that they can move out of us. Now, certain moon phases can lead to more reckless or even violent behavior. Hey, Foltz. Yeah. How's the new console? Oh, it's nice. Uh, Steve's referring to uh, Subtle Beast. Got a little bit of an upgrade in our studio. We've upgraded some of our hardware in here. And, uh, yeah, we've been having a nice, fun time. we got to put some pictures up, man. This screen is like... It is. It's to it's the a point. humongous screen. If I, if I don't have the new uh, computer monitor tilted to the side, I have to stand to be able to see Steve. Yeah, we so. can't even see each other. So, But it's a nice upgrade and an upgrade that's been long overdue. So, uh, yeah, we're excited about it. So I'm excited. I love when we get new equipment in the studio. It always maybe, makes it. Yeah, maybe the moon had some. Uh, I bet it did. Had some effect on. You know the upgrades in here. Who knows? It was a full moon for your birthday. It was a full moon for my birthday. So doesn't always fall that way. No, no, not always. Let's see. Certain moon phases can lead to more reckless or violent behavior. If it feels things get a little more chaotic under a full moon, it might not just be your imagination. A report published by the U.S. Department of Justice titled "Criminal Violence: Biological Correlates and Determinants" notes that while they can assert <coughs> the moon causes crime or madness, studies have certainly found correlations. The report describes an analysis of police records in select counties, which studied cases of aggregated, aggravated assault, homicide, suicide, traffic fatalities, and psychiatric emergency room visits in connection with the moon phases. And the results showed that all types of crime align with certain phases of the moon. Well, that's pretty crazy. You always hear it. I mean... I hear uh, you see somebody in scrubs and they're going to work. It's a full moon. They're checking out, you know, talking to the cashier in front of you. And the cashier's like, well, good luck at work tonight. And the nurse is like, I'm going to need it. It's a full moon. Yeah. I mean, it's been said for thousands of, or not, well, maybe hundreds of years. So, Steve, you want to uh, take this next little segment? New moons can make you feel more introspective. According to astrology, new moons are times of natural introspection during which we're inclined to retreat into our emotions and reflect on our feelings. During the new moon, the moon isn't visible in the sky and there's no light, which means the energy available to us is low. People often re report feeling tired during a new moon and naturally crave turning inward. If you're looking to make a fresh start, the new moon is also a great time to think about what you want in your life and to set your intentions, your intentions of how to get what you want in life. That's because new moons mark the beginning of a fresh lunar cycle, so the cosmic energy is naturally supportive of starting new things. I know a lot of people are big fans of new moons. Um, those same people are usually not big fans of full moons. That's correct. You're kind of a new moon or a full moon fan. I think I'm a full moon fan, Steve. I'm definitely a full moon <clears throat> fan. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> now, the first half of the lunar cycle can make you feel more motivated. The new moon is, it, is the point in the lunar cycle when the moon is least visible. 
but it's all about setting goals and intentions in astrology. So as the moon grows or waxes in the sky during the first half of its cycle as it leads up to the full moon, you may notice that you have an increase in energy and motivation too. During the waxing phase of the lunar cycle, people will intuitively start new projects and take action and refine themselves. The, the moment the moon begins increasing in size, we can feel a sense of renewal and possibility. It's true. It's true. I, I agree. Let's see. What are we got? So waxing in full moons could lead to, uh-oh, this is Steve, yeah. crankiness from lack of sleep. It's true. I work nights now, and uh, you know, it's. I never thought this in life, but there are times where you have to fight for your rest. You have to fight for your sleep. And working nights, uh, I know a lot of people out there, I give credit to all the people out there working odd shifts who uh, who are fighting for their sleep. I, I feel you. Well, you know what? Before we even do this uh, next section of, of the, the moon leading to crankiness and lack of sleep, I'm going to read you this, uh, this little article real quick about humans and sleep that I thought was interesting. So humans are not meant to sleep for extended periods of under uninterrupted sleep. By this, I don't mean humans shouldn't have eight plus hours of sleep a night. I mean that we're supposed to sleep four or five hours, then get up and do something relaxing like reading for a half hour to an hour, then get another about four to five hours. This is what our bodies were designed for. Sleeping the whole night through was a fad started with the advent of the light bulb. Sleeping the whole night through is so recent and artificial that first sleep and second sleep are mentioned in Dickens novels. Lack of sleep for even a single night severely compromises your immune system. Night owls and morning people are an actual thing because we're pack creatures. Nature came up with a clever way for our ancestors to always have someone on the lookout for predators and threats. Make people naturally alert at varying times at the, so that there's always someone alert to keep watch. Forcing night owls to follow morning people's sleep cycle means night owls live with what researchers have referred to as permanent jet lag. It's true. It I'm, is true. I've always been a night owl. Yeah, I've always been a night owl too. And you and you know to get up and go to the gym in the morning, you got to put yourself on a pretty disciplined regimen. I mean, as as late as I would like to stay up, I always have to be like, I I gotta go to bed. I got I gotta force myself to go to bed. Because uh, I'll just be researching stuff for the podcast all night long. I know the feeling, man. So you, do you want to do crankiness or do you want me to do crankiness? I would like you to do crankiness. I want to hear how it sounds. Okay, so you want me to describe you. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-electricity. It makes sense that the night surrounding the full moon would be more an active period since people would be able to enjoy more visibility at night. But according to studies that may still be the case in modern times, a 2013 study published in Current Biology found that sleep can significantly affect, can affect us by lunar phases. Participants in the study experienced sleep disruptions and spent less time in the deepest phase of sleep during a full moon. They also slept less and reported having the lowest quality of sleep during these times, despite being kept in a controlled environment in which they didn't know what time it was. That would drive me insane. Being in a controlled environment? Yeah. Being in a controlled environment where you never knew what time it was. Because I, uh, I watched this YouTube video one time, and this, this guy was doing an experiment, and he just wanted to see. He was going to be locked in this room, just a white room, for three days, 
They were going to be filming it the whole time. Nobody else was going to be in there with him. And he would just get like the most generic food, like, you know, like tuna and water and things like that. And, but there'd be no clock in there. So like he'd go in there within the first few hours, he was all right, but he would start to notice that he wouldn't know what time it was and he was ballparking it. So it would be on the recording. And there were times where he thought it was, uh, you know, sometime in the uh, late afternoon and it was like 5 a.m. And he's up like, you know, cooking breakfast or, uh, you know, cooking breakfast and, you know, doing his morning workout. But, you know, it's almost, and then he was sleeping when it was really, I don't know, it was all off. And he was basically starting to hallucinate and completely shut down. By the time they opened up the door on the third day, he wasn't even really sure if what he was seeing was, was real. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and, and, they, and we do that to people as a form of punishment in our prisons, put them in uh, isolation, 24-hour a day lockdown. I mean, that's hardcore. I mean, that's uh, you're already in prison. Right. It's definitely a punishment. But you know what? <clears throat> for, some, for some reason, some part of me is longing. Like, if you lived underground and there wasn't natural light, you could go for long periods of time without actually exposing yourself to the the natural light. Yeah, and it wouldn't be good. Well, I mean, maybe certain cycles of it, maybe a prolonged amount of it wouldn't be good, but I think it would be cool to go into like a bunker or something for or like a an underground area for some time. I think that would be cool. Well, that's why they have to the astronauts they they'll test them out in the desert like controlled environment because you're going to be up in space together in this confined area and it's not to see if they can get their job done it's to see if they can keep their psyche together being with the same people day in and day out in these small quarters and you're just like looking at them when they're brushing their teeth and just like i hate you <laughs> you know <laughs> but uh i you know i say that now i i probably would have a different different opinion if i was uh able to go into not a confined space, but like an underground bunker type space for a prolonged time. I'd probably come out and say, you know what? I, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it would, it would be a lot. I mean, gosh, you know, the whole world two years ago experienced being locked down pretty hardcore. I know that I, I had my, uh, fill of that really quickly of just being in the house with, you know, no offense. I love my family, but everybody's home and you're out of your routine right you just, just want to get back to quote-unquote normal you have the feeling of not being able to go like before if you went or not it was your choice but then when that choice got eliminated and you were like well now i can't go because remember in the very beginning phase of the lockdown i had to get that special police letter um which i kept on me in case i got pulled over that, right. That oh, was yeah. That was really intense in the beginning. We didn't know what we didn't know what level of lockdown it was going to be. Yeah, we we weren't we weren't sure what if, if mandates were really laws at that time. I used it to come here, by the way. Was, I mean, we used to come up with plans, <laughs> and it would be it would be it would be crazy because it would be like six seven o'clock at night, and we would be the only ones on the road, and you're just like. Am I allowed to be out here? Right. I was like, Fultz, I'm going to take the back way home tonight. I don't want to see anybody. Yeah. It, it was definitely a weird time that I'm hoping we never, ever have to experience again. But the moon's phases continued. They do. Now, additional studies show that even in urbanized environments with artificial light, people tend to sleep less in days leading up to the full moon, which can obviously affect your mood. The moon may or may not 
make us behave erratically, but it can affect sleep. And for some of us, the lack of adequate restful sleep can definitely affect our mood and behavior. Oh, I'm guilty of that. If I'm tired, forget about it. <laughs> that was that was a cool that was by Serena Poon. That was a cool article. I like that one. Next one up here. Five is full moons can make you feel more anxious. It's a buzzword nowadays. Everybody with the anxiety and feeling anxious. People don't understand it's a natural feeling that you're supposed to feel. They don't want to feel it at all, but Yeah, you have to learn how to soothe yourself. So in astrology, the full moon which is actually the midpoint of the monthly lunar cycle. Everybody thinks that the full moon is the end of the cycle, and it starts with the new moon, but that's not the truth. The truth is that the full moon is the midpoint of the monthly lunar cycle. Marks an energetic high point during which we can bring things in our life to a climax, a conclusion, or a release point. The moon is at its peak visibility, and it's forming an intense opposition aspect with the sun during this phase, which can definitely cause us to feel tension. Because of its intensity, the full moon can make us feel anxious, manic, and emotional. The full moon can also intensify your dreams or your nightmares, which can leave you feeling even more anxious. So I don't know if I've ever gotten full moon nightmares, but that sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't need anything like that. <laughs> I don't need it. I mean, I've had sleep paralysis nightmares before, and they're just terrifying. I don't need to ever experience them again. You want to take this next one, or you want me to dig? I, I mean, I keep going with it. A full yeah, moon yeah. can make you more social, while new moons can make you withdraw. We kind of covered this, but if you ever find yourself feeling more active and outgoing during full moons or more low energy and introspective during new moons – it could actually be an intuitive sense based on years of human evolution under the lunar cycle. Full moons were historically times of social activity, while under the darkness of the new moon we would go inward and stay in our homes to reflect. Now that we're in a modern society, we don't need the moon's light to gather, but our intimate and intuitive evolutionary system is still wired to follow the cycles of the moon. It makes sense that pre-electricity, the well-lit nights of the full moon, were great times of energy and social activity. Whereas the pitch black new moons and the new moon eves were time to seek safety and quiet. And I could definitely imagine that because well, it sure. does get dark when there is a full moon. Oh, yeah, definitely does. Now, of course, we continue with, does it affect our health and our behavior? Now, they say sleep trouble, violent behavior, mental health, menstrual cycles, all these and more have at one time or another been associated with the moon. Now, why have people believed that there is a connection between the moon and <clears throat> human health? And what, if any, is the scientific basis for it? Now, the effects in history have belief in the moon's influence on human sickness and health is ancient and widespread. From early folklore and medicine through to contemporary accounts of the full moon and a rise in violent crime. One of the oldest objects in 2019, the moon exhibit exhibition at the National Maritime Museum was a metropolitan was a Mes <laughs> metropolitan, sorry, excuse me, a Mesopotamian tablet from 172 BC. The tablet describes how to ward off evil effects of a lunar eclipse, which were believed to threaten the life of the king. 
The king's life is threatened. There's a lunar eclipse coming. Everybody cover him up. Exactly. But it continued into ancient Greece and Rome. By contrast, girls were given crescent-shaped amulets on their birthday to protect them from evil spirits. Women also wore them to improve fertility and for protection during childbirth. By the 16th century, tracking the moon's position had become an essential part of medicine. They used the black spokes on these rotating paper discs, or vulvas, to keep track of the moon's position. The waxing phases of the moon were thought to enhance the benefits of bloodletting. In contrast, the full moon was thought to intensify a patient's fever. Similar, apothecaries created herbal remedies using watery plants that were thought to be influenced by the moon. Gotta love that. Herbal remedies, plant life. For sure. Natural, holistic. But you know what? It keeps going. In, in In Hinduism... The god Chandra embodies the movement and changing phases of the moon and is closely aligned with periods of sickness and health. In one story, Chandra is cursed by 26 of his wives for spending too much time with the 27th wife. His resulting illness waxes and wanes, echoing the cycle of the moon. In India, newspapers still report on the belief that people should avoid eating during a lunar eclipse. An article published in the Times of India before the July 19, 2019 eclipse warned it is believed that eating during the lunar eclipse is harmful for health, and this is simply because the eclipse leads to emission to strong ultraviolet rays, which impacts cooked food as it's prepared with water, which further attracts emissions, which turns the cooked food into poisons. Now, that, again... That's what was in an, an Indian newspaper. That's what their media was reporting in 2019. Published in the Times of India in 2019. That's crazy. Uh, just so you know, you can eat during uh, lunar phases. Yeah, no you totally what. can. Your food is not poison. Unless you're in India. <laughs> Shout out to our fans in India. Yeah, no, uh, no disrespect. All right, Steve, you're up. Lunar cycles and the menstrual cycle. There's a long and surprisingly persistent association between the moon and a woman's menstrual cycle. Edema, I don't know how to say that, folks. Etymology. I don't either. Etymologically, at least the connection is clear. The Greek word for moon, mene, and the Latin for month. Etymologically. That was a good one. Mensis provide the root for the term menstruation. Scientifically, the connection is more dubious. In 1708, physician Richard Mead published the catchily titled A Discourse Concerning the Action of the Sun and Moon on Animal Bodies and the Influence in Which This May Have in Many Diseases. Taking inspiration from Isaac Newton's theories, he proposed that the gravitational pull of the moon affects liquids within the human body aggravating conditions such as epilepsy and kidney stones as well as menstrual cycles there you go very good why don't you lead us into the next one because i know that you wanted me to do the following one (laughs) (laughs) we talked about this one does the moon affect sleep so the idea that a full moon may result in poor sleep is a consistent theme but the scientific evidence sometimes is inconsistent a study in 2013 conducted that 30 with 33 volunteers did find that on average it took them five minutes longer to fall asleep during a full moon 
And volunteers in the experiment also spent 30% time less in deep sleep. I have the watch that tracks the phases of sleep. Yeah. 30% less of deep sleep is a lot. That's when your body does its major repairs. And you have 30% less energy throughout the day. Uh-huh. Uh, while it's easy to assume that the increased moonlight from a full moon may be the cause of the disrupted sleep, the study was held in a sleep laboratory where the amount of light was tightly regulated each night. Wow. Now, this next segment we're going into is uh, lunacy, the moon and madness. Now, when we were going over our show and pre-show, Steve said, I want, why don't you do this next section? I want you to do it. As I started going into it, I was like, hey, <laughs> why do you want me to do, do this one? Why do you want me one? to do the one on lunacy? Now, for millennia, there has been a widespread belief in the association between the full moon and extremes of behavior linked with mental illness. Historian John J. Johnson wrote in The Moon exhibition book, the very word lunatic, now thankfully outmoded, is an indicator of the former pervasiveness of this conviction among the general public and medical professionals alike. Johnston goes on to explain how Aristotle believed that the brain's high water content made it susceptible to the phases of the moon. These theories on the tides of the mind resulted in full moon becoming associated with violent behavior, seizures, and mental illness. Mm. Later studies have failed to find a correlation between the moon and mental health. An analysis of lunar lunacy research published in 1985 concluded that there was no connection between the moon and incidents such as crime, suicides, and mental hospital admissions. A recent study in 2019 analyzing the data of 17,966 individuals treated at various psychiatric wards over a period of 10 years also found no evidence that our celestial neighbor influences our mental well-being. Now, despite the lack of conclusive scientific evidence, the popular link between a full moon and extreme behavior continues. In 2007, for example, the Brighton police announced that they would be putting more officers on duty during full moons to counter an apparent increase in the number of violent incidents. I mean, just because there's no, what, experts or scientists on the record saying that, that it definitely has effect on us, I mean, we could say the same about extraterrestrial life. I mean, we know that it exists, and so we know what goes on in our own body. So during these moon phases, you can't have that many uh, coincidences before it becomes a mathematical uncertainty. I know that, I mean, from personal experience, we just had the blood moon, uh, the moon before that, harvest moon, and there is this moon that I catch um, in the summertime. I try to be in Ocean City for it. It's There's a June and a July. That July moon is just killer, man. We spent it this year. It uh, rose out of the ocean, and we were at uh, we were in an oceanfront condo, and all night we we watched it rise out of the the water, and then we watched it all night until a cloud covering came in early in the morning. But uh, it was hypnotic. Yeah, and sometimes it looks a lot bigger. Yes. And it's it's just a, it's an optical illusion, but there are times during different phases of the moon where like my gosh, look at what is it closer? Yeah, I think it's the uh atmosphere changing the um the curvature of the atmosphere changes the perspective of your vision and you can see this huge moon 
And then it, it's weird because 15 minutes later you walk out and it'll be back to its regular size. Right. But uh, yeah, I get enamored over that that July moon. Man. Well, they say that they're going to be sending people to the moon within the next three years. So That's right. It's exciting. I wonder why the big delay. I guess it has to do with NASA misplacing the plans. They used to have them, but they lost them. Had them in the 60s. Yep. That, that tin can really went through the... Um, uh, the belts. The Van the Ryan belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying we haven't been to the moon. I'm saying it's not how they say it went down. Now, there's no absolute proof that the moon affects human and mental and physical health, though its effects have been observed in other organisms. Coral, for instance, appear to time their spawning based on the lunar cycle. We can be confident that the moon does not have a noticeable impact on most people's lives most of the time, but we cannot rule out the possibility of its role among various environmental factors that might affect our sleep, moods, and vitality. Convincing scientific evidence that the moon affects human biology or mental health has not yet been found, of course. Nevertheless, its more obvious effects on Earth through light and gravity and due to its regular cycles have exerted a powerful influence on how humans have led their lives whether through the ordering of time, the ability to navigate, or the attempts to determine what the future might hold. I love it. I, I have no idea what the future might hold, but I know it's going to be good. I hope that it includes Elon Musk asking Subtle Beast if they would like to go up into space or possibly the moon, because I would say yes in a second. I've already had this conversation with my wife. If Elon asked us to do a Subtle Beast podcast from the moon, I think we would be there like the next day. I'd just be like, when's the when when do we leave? How much training do we have? If any. How long can we stay? Yeah. And uh what what are we allowed to film and bring back? And are we taking a Tesla? Are we taking a SpaceX rocket? Can we have a cyber truck to drive around up there? <laughs> yeah, they look like they belong up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, how about that NASA article that said uh what was the NASA article? Oh yeah. Let me pull it up because I know that I sent it to myself. You know, NASA's coming forward a little bit and, uh, you know, opening up their mouths maybe just a little bit about ETs. And, of course, when a government-funded institution does that, it always makes me a little skeptical. There was an article um, in Futurism uh, magazine that NASA says that we need a plan for when we discover alien life. Be like, All right, well, you've discovered it, so what's the plan? Right, but it's it's cool that they're now saying when they're not saying if, they're saying right. when, and they're saying hey to uh, anyone that'll listen, we need to make a plan. We we need to figure it out. Maybe maybe we are not the almighty, the uh, alpha species of the universe like we think we are. Clearly, I mean, and NASA is also proposing framework for communicating and confirming extraterrestrial life. So like we were saying earlier about going back and checking out some of our older podcasts, you might want to check out uh, Project Bluebeam. Look into that. And sometimes, I mean, that, it's what I think of every time some government institution is, is, for the lack of a better term, giving us information about UFOs or uh, extraterrestrials. I'm always like, they, the media and the government tend to tell you what they want you to know for a certain reason or a certain agenda so, I'm always a little skeptical. It was a weather balloon. Yeah, yeah it was swamp gas. <laughs> you know, it it was an owl. Right. All that stuff. I mean, 
But again, you know, th- this podcast is just to deliver different information uh, that, that we've accrued through lots of different research. And you got to draw your own conclusion because, uh, you know, nobody can be forced into what to believe. But we'll deliver you different evidence and sometimes something just based on theory. But you got to go with your gut and believe what you believe because, you know, in this genre, there's really no wrong answers until we get a definite right answer on it. You know, a lot of the information that we go over comes from you guys. So if there's a topic that you want to hear about, feel free to contact us on our socials. Let us know what you want to hear, and we'll throw you a shout-out on the show if we do it. Hey, I uh, don't see a better spot than, than there to uh, to uh, move on. So uh, I had a good time today um, talking about the moon, finally bring that back in the podcast, but in a different way. So... Uh, Stay tuned. We got a lot of great topics coming up, a lot of mind-bending stuff. So you're going to want to hang with us. And uh, again, if you haven't checked out some of our earlier shows, go back and treat yourself and uh, get yourself caught up on things that we, we talk about in a future cast when we're referencing you back. But until that time, I'm Foltz. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.